0: <makes> Ow, <noise> Hey everyone, welcome back Hope everyone is staying safe This is series 2 of the Sofa Club Titans of Industry Edition Where each week a different leader will speak to us About how they got into their particular industry And how they've been able to cope with COVID-19 And how they feel the country Their company And as individuals they will cope moving forward (laughs) To get the backstage pass To all our guests and even be able to ask Your own questions to them Remember to follow and like the Sofa Club underscore on instagram and facebook so without any more interruptions let's hear who we have speaking with us today Hi everyone, welcome back. So this is the final episode of season two, Titans of Industry Edition, and I'm delighted to introduce you to fresh produce importer, Andrew Gilding. So thank you for being with us today. How are you doing? I'm uh, fine, thanks Oliver. Thank you very much for inviting me on to this. No problem. It's obviously the final episode of the series, so we thought we'd make it a good one. So let's start off first of all, uh, finding out how you were able to get into the industry you're in and um, a bit of a backstage pass into that?
1: Of course. Um, Well, when I was uh, 16, my my father said to me, what are you going to do for the rest of your life? And I said, well, I'm quite happy just lying in bed and doing nothing. So he said, no, that's not going to happen. So um, when I was 16, I decided to, um, well, he told me that it would be a good idea for me to uh, come to work for him. So um, at uh, 16, I started getting up at four o'clock in the morning um, and going to work into Liverpool Fruit Market. And by doing that, um, it was um, a bit of a shock to me, obviously, getting up at four o'clock in the morning to go to work. But um, it was something which, uh, after one week, I really enjoyed. And obviously, since then, I've been working for my father ever since.
0: Um, So, like, you, you actually haven't been working for him for that amount of time, because you are now the managing director, and he takes much more of a back seat, I presume. No, but but it, it, to be honest with you,
1: it's um, yes, that's he has taken more of a back seat in the last few years, but he is still my boss.
0: Okay, as you are my boss in <laughs> in many day to day Well, I don't actually look at that. I'm your father, mentor. Oh, of course, mentor. If, if you put it that way, yes. Okay, so you started working um, there, and then. Can you give me a bit of information about? So you were in the fruit market, and then you, you, the the, the company took a bit of a turn. Is that correct?
1: Well, it was really um, my father's father who. Um, a- uh, grandfather, who actually um, ran the business in the Liverpool Fruit Market, and then obviously uh, my father took over. And in 1986, he decided that he wanted to. Uh, he could see the markets were changing, the business was changing, and he decided to look at a facility in uh, where we are now, which is in Knowsley and Merseyside. And um, he wanted to do it with the the company he was with, which his father had started, but the other directors didn't want to. So he decided to go on his own. So in 86, um, six of us um, left the company and started up Peter Gildian Company Limited in Noseley in Liverpool.
0: So that was quite, quite a, big, a bold decision, I would say, to kind of leave. Oh, massive, yes. To leave kind of what his roots were, his, what his father started and kind of make it on his own. And thankfully in, 2000, uh, in 2020, sorry, we, you know, the company's still going.
1: Y- yes, I would say that I was only 20 at the time and a young 20. Um, so we had obviously um, felt that it was the right move and uh, obviously uh, uh, we are now 34 years on and um, we are still here. So I have to say that it was a, it was a good move and um, it's been beneficial to everyone.
0: But I think it's quite interesting that there were a number of people who you know, said, why are you doing this and you, you, know, it's all fine at the moment, why are you looking for something different? And um, I think one of the big impacts um, would be the fact that, you know, the supermarkets started becoming more prominent and, you know, a bit of information about that maybe.
1: No, exactly. When we are at the fruit market, the situation was that um, the supermarkets were just really starting and the wholesale market and green grocery business, the grocery business was around about 80% and the um, supermarket was about 20%. Well, as, as we've seen over the, the years now of 30 plus, you are now talking really probably 90% of the business is supermarkets and uh, 10% is, is wholesale uh, type of business. So it has changed drastically and obviously the decision my father made all those years ago seems to have been a, a good one.
0: Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I think that's a really good insight into the beginnings of the company. Um, so obviously we have been in the midst of, of uh, a pandemic, the coronavirus, um, so obviously there's been well, what we've, I found personally is there's obviously been increased demand for goods, particularly fresh produce, as everyone needs to eat, more people have been working from home, etc. So kind of if you could give a bit of insight on from the start of the pandemic, what you've seen in terms of maybe supermarkets demanding more from you and, you know, as a fresh produce importer, get a bit of an insight into that.
1: Yes, what we found was that um, uh, we had to really alter the way we normally work, obviously, um, uh, the way we, we had been working is that people go into our, our premises. Uh, we have um, accounts, mar- um, the sales office and, and the packouts. And um, what we had been finding is that everyone comes into work, set times and everything. Then obviously this came about and we had to look at distancing two metres, uh, making sure that everyone was feeling safe and comfortable. So we um, had to go through some changes to see if we can try and get, limit the amount of people into uh, the offices. And making sure that they could actually work from home properly. So there, there were some challenges on the way to make sure they felt comfortable and made sure that they could work at home as well as they could do work, at, uh, obviously work. And um, um, we had to get some laptops in, we had to make sure everything was all set up properly for them um, and they had to get through a set routine of as if they were working at work. So that was a bit of a challenge at the very beginning. Um, the two meters distances was obviously a, a challenge to make sure that everyone was comfortable. Um, making sure that all the staff in the packhouse felt comfortable coming to work, that was another thing. As key workers, they had no issue. We had to also make sure that people had letters, just in case they did get stopped by the police to say, where are you going? So I think um, um, we will come out of this much better because we've been thinking a lot more um, about um, looking after each other, making sure things are correct. And as things have moved on, and and certain things have probably, uh, in people's eyes, relaxed, we have to be really alert on things because uh, with us being in a position of um, uh, going to shops, now everything is opening a bit more, we we have to be even more careful. So um, uh, what we've generally found is that uh, we've made sure that when getting staff back into work, um, from really 1st of July, we've put perspex in between all the desks, we've made sure there's signs everywhere, there's make sure that uh, people are wearing masks, um, so, these things we've put in place
0: uh, for the health m- benefit of obviously the staff and making sure that they feel safe as well. So, that's really helped, you know, continue on, as you said, you know, fresh produce, key workers, making sure that everyone's, you know, feels comfortable to work. But kind of the other side of it then is um, from your point of view, you obviously have customers which are re- big retailers in the UK. Um, how did you find, you know, the dealings with them? Because you're importing f- fruit effectively from different countries that were having different legislation, different restrictions during the last couple of months. So, you know, the, the logistical side of it, was how's that been?
1: Well, I think uh, what we found at the very beginning was that was obviously a huge amount of panic buying that uh, people were doing and what we were finding that the orders going up um, two or three times as a normal, normal day and we were trying to manage that. Now, that's all well and good managing in regard to the pack house and making sure the staff were coming in and making sure that we were packing in time. But the dilemma we also had, or the challenge, was that at this, at this time uh, we were importing a lot of fruit from, from Spain and Italy. And obviously they were having a, a lot of problems themselves in regard to getting staff into the packhouses, making sure that uh, they're able to keep to the orders. And one thing we did find was that um, uh, the, the challenges they had was that uh, they might have 100 staff normally and some staff were, was 50. So then what was happening was they were getting the orders out, but there were delays. The other thing which we, we also had to bear in mind was there weren't any exports. And obviously any haulage or transport company we're dealing with generally work on when they do all the costings on having a reload back out, of the, out from the UK. And that dried up and that gave another challenge in regard to the cost of getting the product over. So I think that there have been challenges all around but what I would say is that they're the the challenges and cost issues that we had but all the supermarkets as well have have gone through a huge amount of change as well as we've seen when you go into the supermarkets now with Perspex everywhere and all the things that they have to put in place so we in the food chain as you say have all incurred a huge amount of costs um, which um, we've all been trying to I would say try and um, sort out ourselves between us. But what we also have to bear in mind that we are the lucky ones because there are a lot of people who have no business. So, you know, th- th- we have to look at that as well, I think.
0: No, definitely. And obviously the, the timeframes of you having to do things, yes, on the premises you have cold storage, but it is at the end of the day a perishable goods, and you need to ensure that along every single chain of the logistical um, business is making sure that it's you know coming into contact with people who know what they're doing because I presume if one of the areas of the business was not following the rules and guidelines, it would cause a knock-on effect for everyone, including the supermarkets and every everyone in the middle.
1: Oh no, absolutely. And, and that's why um, when, when obviously this happened, that all the transport companies we deal with uh, put, put things in place to make sure that their drivers were safe. We did the same regard to when the when the lorries would be arriving at our premises so everyone along the chain has been very very aware that um health and and uh, the the safety of individuals working for them are, are paramount and we've made sure that things are put in place we've listened to people to make sure that there is enough space between people um so i think on everything we've tried to do our very best to make sure that one we have um, obligation to the people we supply. Uh, obviously, food very important to, to get it out there to the supermarkets and to our customers. And, and but also we have to uh, be aware of, of the responsibilities we have to our staff as well to make sure that they are safe and feel comfortable coming into work and feel that um, they're they're also in a position where um, a lot of, I'm sure a lot of their friends as well are, have found that they haven't got a job. They haven't. Uh, or either furloughed or in a few months' time, there may be a situation where they might not have a job. There are a lot of companies who have have closed. Uh, And that is um, um, very, not disappointing, but I I just think it's very sad when it's been out of everyone's hands, this situation, and they are in a position now that they haven't got a job. So it has
0: has, uh, been very difficult for certain people. Yeah, absolutely. I think that everyone can understand the the difficult situations that, everyone as companies and as we're currently in the stage where only restaurants and things are slowly starting to open again but all of those people have had to be on furlough because they've not been able to actually work so um it's quite interesting as a business owner from your point of view so you've had people who have been working from home and that's been able to work without having to you know furlough anyone really that's cr- i mean we've, we've been very fortunate that uh um that the uh
1: the staff which we've got who have had to, and also the other thing I actually haven't uh, mentioned before was that obviously there's been children who have also uh, have not gone to school. And we've got um, quite a lot of staff who are um, have got children and they um, uh, we've had to obviously not accom- accommodate them, but they've been working from home as well because it's also been quite challenging for them, for, for their partners or their uh, husbands or wives, that they've also got maybe one or two children at home as well and they've had to school them, keep an eye on them. And we've tried to accommodate wherever possible uh, how, the, how they operate. So, again, um, if you can work from home, that's what's been happening. And, um, and we've tried to make sure that they, we've been very flexible in regard to the time frame because, again, also, it's a lot of stress on, on the individuals as well who've got children because they have to look after them as well at home and also do some work as well. Um, so again, that is something else which has come about, which is obviously uh, been a concern for any parent because they've they're juggling work as well as um, looking after the children.
0: No, no, absolutely. I think that's a really interesting point. That the, the way, what I found from doing this series is that you uh, business owners and people in in working in different environments have had to change and it's been really refreshing I think that these big organizations have been able to change the the, the normal so they're doing different working hours to accommodate for those people because if they, they weren't doing so and weren't being more flexible they wouldn't be able to do any business at all so it's kind of making uh, the best circumstances of what they've got and um, something which I think is really interesting is um, I think previously to this pandemic, a lot of people, a lot of business owners were probably thinking oh, if my staff all worked from home, had more flexible working hours, they wouldn't be as productive. But I think what's actually happened is probably the, the contrary, and in fact, people are finding that they're probably, you know, able to get into a routine at home, and and um, maybe offices offices are not as required as you know what what was previously thought. I think what we what we
1: as, um, as a, well I say as an owner um, is that the work life balance is very important in, in in going forward, and I think this is really probably highlighting. You're quite right, uh, Ollie, that. Um, it has opened our eyes a lot of that it shouldn't be so strict on getting people into work and this is what time you come in and this time you finish we've become a lot more flexible because the important thing is that if if your staff are happy and they've got the balance right you get a lot more out of them and I think that's what we've 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 learned definitely that we're a bit more relaxed about time frames of people coming and going home um, because they're committed to doing the job and I think that is something which um, many owners, I'm sure, have looked at. And I think also, it's not really a situation for us, but I'm sure if I was a, uh, an owner looking at um, a new office space or um, and things like that, I would really probably have a question about that because a lot of people can work from home, and it does work. I think the most important thing is making sure... You give the tools to the people. If you want people to work at home, then you need to make sure that they've got like a little office in, in their uh, in their house, and then it all becomes a lot more flexible. I think going forward, this has taught us that people can work from home, and maybe there is a situation in the future where you could look at it and say, well, actually, you know, a couple of days a week or, or whatever, you could stay at home and still work, and, and that would work very well for the rest of your staff.
0: Just a quick message to say our thanks to Sportsville, our sponsor, a leading hockey, cricket and racket sports specialist based on the Wirral, offering expert advice to ensure you get the correct equipment every time. They also offer a price beat promise against all major online competitors. Check them out, sportsville.co.uk.
1: Not good for everyone. A lot of people do feel that they want to come in. I mean, I I, I could have quite easily worked from home through this whole process, but I wanted to get into work, I wanted to see the pack house, I wanted to see people, I, I, I wanted to get in. So, you know, I, I, that was my choice, but a lot of other people felt that working from home was the best option for them.
0: No, exactly, and I think especially we're lucky that we live in a, in a situation where with technological uh, advancement, you know, the, the ability to have meetings, um, through Zoom and through other services is very good and you are able to do that especially with a lot of the you know maybe departments like sales or marketing or you know those sort of areas accountants they can work predominantly through the same exactly the same situation they would be in an office but at home but it's a good point that you mentioned that when you do have the facilities such as you know the pack house and cold storage and things like that you you do need to be there but there are a lot of departments that you know you don't need these huge amounts of space for and i think it really will change the way that you know big businesses think moving forward because the amount of money they would save on premises would be you know extortionate but but also which is another thing which uh, through Zoom which
1: I have to say I, I, I kept on hearing all these adverts about Zoom conference calls and all this and I, I, this is before it obviously all, all, uh, all happened with the pandemic um, I thought now nah, because I always, I always prefer to go and see people I go and visit people all around the world and I, I looked at this Zoom thinking it's this, this is actually rather good now, because we've been doing a lot of zoom conferencing um, each week with different people, and it's worked very well indeed and it gives you the opportunity to um, uh, manage your time much better. Um, when before we I used to be out all day going to see someone down in London, I, you know I, I can have an hour conversation with them We're about you know I've still got six, seven eight hours to go. so I, I think on that side of it, it also opens the fact that, traveling around the world as well i think it's going to be very interesting to see how it's going to go because i think nowadays a lot of people will actually say well i'll do a zoom conference i I go to south africa two or three times a year and um it's it's uh, very expensive and also uh, but it's we always felt it was very important especially with the supplies we have but we could do zoom now and and i can spend a lot more time in the office so again i think in businesses they will change their way of thinking i'm sure
0: No, exactly. I think it's important to mention, though, that you you still can't beat the fact of face-to-face conversation. And I think that it still will be important. And I know Jim was speaking about it last week where on the episode where he mentioned that you still can't be a good old face to face conversation to really get, especially when you're dealing with suppliers, you want to have that personal touch because it's very difficult to do via Zoom. But I think that as opposed to what you mentioned then maybe going abroad you know at least two, three, four times a year to visit your suppliers, it might be the case that you're able to do, you know, only one trip and the savings there would be astronomical for all businesses worldwide that they realise, you know, we, we can meet each other maybe face to face once. And once you've been built that rapport with someone. As long as you're able to, you know, you might even be able to speak to them more because you're having regular conference calls as opposed to, you know, you know that the two or three times you see them is when you speak and it's in person. So I think that people are finding that they're actually probably communicating more with their suppliers and more with different customers they have because they're able to maybe Zoom them, you know, once a month, which, you know, they had not really even thought about that previously.
1: No, no, that is a very good point to be honest with you. And I think that is something which I'm sure uh, will become uh, more apparent as time goes on i think at the very beginning the zoom thing was a bit sort of everyone still felt a bit uncomfortable because especially if you're talking to customers you want to see the customer uh, and sit down with them properly um, but found that zoom was didn't really work but through this process and getting more used to it um, i think it has worked very well and i think people have a different view on that now and and you're right uh, the savings would be very very good indeed uh, through very difficult times because i do i do worry going forward um, that we are could be heading to a, for a recession and um, and we um, at the end of the day um, it, that is a worry for for everyone in, in business in material of we've been fortunate that we're in the food industry um, but a lot of industries I think uh, are going to be uh, under immense pressure uh, to make sure that uh, they can supply uh, at the right levels of prices and um, that either supermarkets or their customers uh, can pay
0: no exactly and I think it, that's a very good point. I think maybe uh, it'd be interesting to hear your input, your input and your opinion on moving forward. Then, over the next, you know, year, two years, do you, have you seen changes within the industry, the fresh produce industry, and your dealings? Not necessarily with um, supermarkets, but you know, on the whole, you obviously uh, deal with um, market stores still. And do you think the way that you've, you've noticed business changing over the last couple of years and moving forward, there'll be a big shift?
1: Uh, I think what, what this has highlighted is that um, uh, people have uh, felt a lot more comfortable or, or to, to actually go on, on the internet and, and purchase things. So I think that is, is going to continually grow. Um, I think um, what we've found is that people still uh, want to go to a supermarket. They still want to see, touch and feel things they buy. Uh, they always want to do that. Um, obviously, in the last uh, few months, uh, people have been doing less of that and uh, doing a lot more uh, uh, internet shopping, which I can fully understand. But I do feel that um, when things are going ahead, that I, I can only presume that on the internet business now, where it was just plodding on nice and easy before the COVID-19, it's had a real surge. And, and I think that that will probably level out. I think that uh, a lot more people who would never have done this have been doing it and will continue to do it. Um, and there will be people who, um, will change their mind and go back into the supermarket. I think uh, when it all calms down, everyone feels a bit more relaxed about things, then it will still be there, a lot more internet shopping. But I do feel people like to go to a supermarket. I think people like to go and, and see things. I think uh, the older generation as well like to go there. It's, it's, a, it's a social thing. So I, d- I do think that even though a lot of people have been doing the internet, I still feel there's, there is definitely a, a positive to go to either a supermarket or shopping. Um, to actually go and see Get Out uh, and see things uh, which they normally wouldn't be able to see um, if they just clicked on a few things.
0: No, exactly. I think that's an interesting point because it's just something that I thought of then. that um, With these companies like Ocado and the ability to order in the food, one of the main reasons that that was so popular is because people were... Uh, offices, you know, different times meant that they weren't able to go to supermarkets in person because of their their hours of work. So they had had to order food to come to their house when they were available. But it's an interesting point that actually, when you have supermarket, uh, when you have supermarkets that are open long periods of days, and more and more people are actually working from home now, meaning that they would be available to go to supermarkets because of what we mentioned previously, yes. the flexible working hours. There, there will be a plateau to, you know, these online retailers, but there might be actually more people in the stores at hours of the day that wouldn't usually be, you know, popular. So the the output and the, 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 the supermarkets may actually be busier.
1: No, you're right. I think that... Uh... Uh, with, with all these things that nowadays, you, you, there are always pluses and minuses. You look at every graph and you think, oh, right, it's going down this avenue and it'll end up like this. But then you're quite right. With people changing their, their work-life uh, balance and working more from home, uh, more flexibility like that, then you, you, you're you quite right. So you'll find that uh, they will have a, a bit more time than normal instead of leave, leaving work at um, leaving to go to work at half, eight, nine o'clock, um, leave at five o'clock, um, they get back and then there's everything happening. Well, if they're working from home, they can probably pop out 12, one o'clock, get some the food and the, everything's all covered and they're not missing out on any work at all because they still need a break. So what what I, I would say all round is that I, I'm not uh, clever enough to see what how far in the future on these things, but all I do know is that um, we've learned a huge amount in regard to what's happened, how we've managed things, how we would cope if, it, if, it, if it, we had a spike again in the winter. Uh, we would be in a much better position, I think, to manage it quicker, even though we, we did go as quick as we could do. Um, and also the most important thing as well uh, is that the employees we, we, we have would feel comfortable as well now because we've gone through this process, they've got used to it, and they are very relaxed about it, which I think is also very important.
0: No, exactly. I think it's really interesting um, the the way in which business have been able to power through and still obviously as, as key workers, fresh produce importers, you were very fortunate in the sense that you were able to continue working. But you found that people now are in a position where they are more comfortable. Every, for everyone across the whole country, it was very uncertain times no one knew what was happening and i think that this has just shown um for everyone that you know we we are able to adjust our so-called normal our normal regime and i think that it just shows you that you know our so-called normal and things that have been like they have been for a number of years you know things can change and we are able to you know make arrangements to to you know power through and still be successful as a business
1: no exactly but, but i also think in situations like this that what we have found is that um, the National Health Service has been, um, I mean, unbelievable, to be honest, considering uh, of what we've had to uh, deal with or what they've had to deal with. And, and also, uh, majority of the time, everyone with a lockdown has been very good and, and made sure that uh, nothing was uh, overdone on the National Health Service. The people, when you really look at these things, uh, are going into work uh, with, a, with a, um, COVID-19, which could could kill them and their only concern has been to look out to other people and i just think that's unbelievable so i think that through the whole process um you know even though i know the government has been um uh, had a lot of criticism with these things um i do think it is it is not so much learning on the job but it was all new to everyone and i feel that um uh, we're getting through it the best way we can there has been um in all parts of business, obviously National Health Service, loads of people have done unbelievable things to help other people. Uh, and I just feel that, that there are massive positives going forward and I, I really feel that um, everyone has worked very hard to make sure they get everything out there. In regard to transport, anything you could talk about in regard to the the, the, the links in any business, everyone has worked really hard through very difficult circumstances um, to get Things from A to B, B to C, and I, and I do feel that uh, um, the National Health Service at the end of the day has has, has done sterling work to make sure things are are, um, are are done properly, and also they're putting their life at risk every single day to make sure that we're okay. And I think that is uh, is a testament, really, uh, through difficult circumstances, that we can come through
0: it. Yeah, absolutely. And and um, just on that, I think it's. Important that we, just because the pandemic is so-called, you know, over, we're slowly coming out of lockdown, we don't forget about a lot of the things that we put in place during the pandemic, whether that be washing your hands more, whether that be, you know, just having social courtesy, maybe not, you know, touching as many things in the supermarket or... You know, it's important that we don't now go back into our old bad habits. And I do actually think that the way that we class as normal has now been changed possibly forever.
1: No, no you're right. And I think that, that that is something which I would hope that when everyone relaxes and, and hopefully try and get back to a, a certain normality, uh, they will realise that they still need to make sure that they wash their hands, make sure that they sanitise, make sure that um, when they cough, um, it's either a hanky or you know, that. They, they just have a bit more courtesy of of what is actually they can affect other people. and I think that um, if we can carry on with that, then then you know something will come out of this uh, a horrible pandemic.
0: No, exactly. So as things go back to normal now, it's good that you know business is slowly resuming and um, you're slowly seeing people coming back into the offices and everyone feels comfortable and um, when you look back, I feel like, you will uh, be proud as a business owner that everyone's, you know, now comfortable and you think that you've done everything you could possibly have done um, in the, under the circumstances.
1: No, exactly. But again, um, we, we only put things in place. It's down to the, the, our staff and, and people who work for us um, uh, through either transport, who also put things in place. So again, due to them understanding the situation, they've also been a massive help to make sure things carry on. There's so many different people who are involved in different parts of the business um, who have made, who've worked very, very hard to make sure everything gets done. And uh, they've done really, really good work. And, and at the end of the day, uh, I have to thank them to keep the rest of the business going. As, as we've already talked about in every business, that's the same situation, same challenges to make sure that we get product to, to the supermarkets um, in the safest way possible, but also making sure that um, our people who, who are working for us are comfortable and safe as well
0: no exactly and, and thank you that's great i think that's a really good you know rounding off of the episode and it just shows the importance of collaboration and being supportive for all of us in these uncertain times and what can uh, happen if everyone's you know singing from the same hymn sheet so thank you very much for joining us I really appreciate it and um, and yeah thank you so much
1: yeah no problem and uh, hope everyone's safe and well all
0: the best perfect speak to you soon thank you okay I hope you enjoyed the latest episode of The Sofa Club. To stay up to date with all the latest information on new guests joining in the coming weeks, please check out our Instagram, thesofaclub underscore. And remember that all t-shirts are now back in stock online. Stay safe and I hope to speak to you soon.